Come Come on the kick drum. Come Come on the kick drum. It's that movie, A Mighty Wind. A Mighty Wind, I think, is the the title. Wasn't my favorite of all the, the bunch of, uh, what do they call those, docu-dramas? No, like a dramedies. Dr- no, maybe not a dramedy. That's a drama comedy. Um, it's like a fake documentary. David, you know what I'm talking about? This is Spinal Tap. What's that? Mockumentary. There we go. Mockumentary. Come, come. On the kick drum. If you have not watched uh, Best in Show, highly recommend it. If you are not down with ridiculously silly stuff, maybe um, have a little kratom with some Organifi or uh, a little herb if you're out in California or somewhere where that's legal. Or break the law all you want if you're willing to take the risk. In any regard, uh, those are some damn good movies. And in other news that has nothing to do with this podcast, uh, we have our, let's see, I'm right now, I'm doing this ahead of time, right now, fit for service, Austin, Texas is going down. And um, it's a, uh, it's funny because I am talking about this before the event has started. As you're listening to this, the event is going on, and perhaps if you're listening to this later in the game, which many people do, the event has already passed. That said, uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. It has been really cool planning it out with Aubrey and Godzi and Caitlin and Vailana and the crew. Charles Eisenstein is coming for this one. Uh, I'm going to try to get him on this podcast as I have in the past. Well, haven't had him on yet, but I ha- I've been trying to get him on in the past, and I would love to get him face-to-face while he's in town. He will be speaking at our event, which is, I'm just beyond thrilled for that. Drew Satsang, I've been on his podcast. He's met on Aubrey's. He's coming on for sure. So a couple great guests in the near future. I think we're releasing two this week. So fri- this is a Monday, Friday. We should have Justin Rezvani. And what's cool about releasing these two in the same week, now I recorded these near each other, and as life would synchronistically serve these up, uh, Dr. Kirk Parsley was kicked off the internet, (laughs) he was banned on Twitter, and this is a topic of conversation that has become a very important one. The United States government has recently stated they're going to push for a universal ban across platforms if you've been banned on one. So as we dive into this part of the conversation, you know, with Dr. Kirk Parsley, who's been a guest on, I think t- two or three times before, um, was, is a medical doctor, practicing medical doctor, was a Navy SEAL and a medical doctor for the Navy SEALs and now practices medicine with the public and a lot of high profile people, um, just has a wealth of knowledge. We dive into why he got a, an indefinite suspension from Twitter amongst other things, and um, really the nature of reality that we're in right now. And, you know, I've had plenty of MDs on this podcast before, but few, I mean, I shouldn't say that. It's hard to stack, like, well, who's the best MD you've ever had? That kind of shit. But really, when I think of people who are qualified in, in, all, in, all, in, all, in all ways, you know, it's, it's, you know, tell me, tell me the list of things that you've done. I, I would say it's hard to compete with Navy SEALs for a number of reasons. Number one, if, if this show's basic core is around physical, mental, emotional, 
and spiritual optimization. Um, you could say what you want spiritually, but physically, mentally, and emotionally, Navy SEALs understand quite a bit. And you could argue, well, yeah, a lot of those guys, you know, have some emotional stuff they got to work on when they get out. And hey, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. I have worked with a lot of them. A lot of them are getting into plant medicines and different forms of therapy that is uh, cutting edge, you know, because, you know, the system that they've been a part of has not served them well. That's And we've had guys like Jesse Gould on who works not specifically with the Navy SEALs or, or you know, special ops guys, but with men and women from um, from our military, veterans that, that come out and, and you could argue all uh, veterans could use some type of expansion uh, after they leave and, and, and hang it up. And uh, with that, you know, it's nice to know that people like Jesse Gould and Heroic Hearts exist. They were just out at Lundy Farms. I'm not even sure I can talk about that, but they're all, they were just out with, uh, uh, I think I can. They were just out with my, my good buddy, uh, Craig Nuremberg, and um, doing some fantastic work. Uh, which you guys will get to hear more about in the future. But you know, all that to say, you know, when I think of Dr. Kirk Parsley, I think of somebody as one of the most qualified people on the planet to discuss the topics that we're about to discuss today. Somebody who understands health from the inside out. You know, I mean, so much of the um, so much of the head scratcherness of the last eighteen months has been if. If anyone gives a shit about our health and wellness, why is no one discussing our health and wellness? Why hasn't anyone other than people like me and other meatheads or health and wellness professionals discussing the need for vitamin D3, for zinc, for things like quercetin that help drive zinc into the cell, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, we dive into those things on this podcast, both of those work to upregulate the intake of zinc from outside the cell to within the cell, which is powerful as an antiviral, antibacterial. And that's a, that's a really important thing. Pharmaceutically, we've had those things for a long time. They're off patent now, meaning no big return on investment. Um, and of course, if you want to figure this stuff out, just follow the money. I mean, it's not, this is not complicated math to understand why something like that might be swept under the rug and prevented from the masses. Much of this has gone on, not just in the censorship of ideas or the censorship of what they would call misinformation, which we dive into on the podcast, but the censorship of, of drugs that actually work to where there is no need to debate a shot or not. Uh, there was a terrific meme. I got to pull it up here. Let me see if I, if I got this guy. So there's a meme that, that my buddy sent me in a group that said, uh, in one box on the top, are vaccines effective? If you go left, it says, yes. Okay, vaccines are effective. Then on the bottom, then vaccine passports are pointless. Are vaccines effective? Yes. Then vaccine passports are pointless. On the other side of that, are vaccines effective? No. Then vaccine passports are pointless. <laughs> and it's, it's comical because, you know, a year ago, people were saying, oh, it'll never come to that. It's not going to come to vaccine passports. And it's like, well, here we are. Millions are protesting in France. And just as we speculated, it has very little to do with your ability to travel and everything to do with control. It has everything to do with limiting your ability to do anything in the world. Meaning, you want to go to the post office? Vaccine passport. You want to go shopping? 
vaccine passport. You want to go to the movies with your family, vaccine passport. Anything you can think of as a normal day-to-day part of your life will be severely limited without that passport. And although we have uh, heard already, oh, we're, we're not going to do that here, you know, at least with, uh, in the United States, it's happening all over the world right now. And I know I've got a lot of listeners in other countries, all over Europe, people are protesting, millions of people, um, Spain, Ireland, you name it. And of course, mainstream media is not showing any of this, but we dive into health on this show. Uh, not just on this one in particular, but certainly with Dr. Kirk Parsley, who has been talking about health for a very long time. Not pharmaceuticals, not this, not that. He obviously has a wealth of, of knowledge and his toolbox is extensive, but Dr. Kirk understands sleep perhaps better than most MDs. And we dive into that. We dive into a lot of great stuff. And um, I, just, I just feel honored to have access to a guy like Dr. Kirk Parsley, who is... Uh, has always been ahead of the curve and um, just a brilliant mind and a beautiful, beautiful person. So fantastic podcast is one of my favorites this year. I know you guys are going to dig it. Um, you won't find him on Twitter. <laughs> you can find him uh, at the end of the show. Of course, we'll link to where he's, he's available through his website and stuff like that. All right. Support this show by sharing it with friends and also support this show by checking out our sponsors. They make this show absolutely possible. We are brought to you by Higher Dose. Get high naturally. This is a female-led company. And, um, you know, we've, some of my favorite companies are female-led. I mean, I know there's some guys that are like, who gives a shit? If it's, if it's a good company, it doesn't matter who's leading it. I still think it's cool. It breaks a narrative, right? It breaks a narrative we've been taught about. And it is really cool to, to have awesome products, uh, and and if it goes against uh, the norm, then it's cool to to give a shout out to that. So kudos to you guys for being a female led company. That is absolutely awesome. You can heal at home or on the go with Higher Dose's portable infrared sauna blanket. Most of y'all have heard me talk about the benefits of sauna, and it is a chunk of change. So this is one of those workarounds. When I lived in Vegas, I created the poor man sauna suit, which was. Um, plastics, basically the boxers were to cut weight in. And I would go out in uh, three layers of sweats with my plastics or my rubbers on over that. And I'd have a half a gallon of water with me with some sea salt. And I'd go out in the dead heat of summer and walk for two hours listening to Audible. This was a way I generated heat shock proteins. You can do that and you don't have to gear up and look like a giant garbage can. Um, and nor do you have to live in Vegas. Obviously, that was completely dependent upon what time of year it was and where I lived. You can do this now in a much easier way and much cheaper than a traditional sauna. Experience the powerful benefits of infrared. Now, I wasn't getting that with the sauna suit on. So you get the powerful benefits of infrared and you can feel the difference after just one session. Infrared increases blood flow for faster recovery, better sleep, and a calmer central nervous system. Plus, it naturally releases a dose of happy chemicals in the brain, leaving you feeling euphoric. The sauna blanket has an amethyst layer to deepen the benefits of infrared, a tourmaline layer that generates negative ions similar to the ocean, a charcoal layer to bind pollutants, and a clay layer which is balancing for the heat. If you don't have the budget or the room for a full-size sauna, this sauna blanket is a game changer. 
For those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the sweat, they also have a really cool infrared PEMF mat that comes in two sizes. It combines the dual technology of infrared with PEMF for an unbelievable recharging experience. PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field, and it works by sending electromagnetic waves through your body at different frequencies to help promote your body's own recovery process. You will feel relaxed, regrounded, and rebalanced. What makes their mat so unique is that it not only does it combine the infrared with the PEMF, but it also has a thick layer of 100% natural purple amethyst crystals and mesh fabric tubes across the entire mat. This powerful crystal therapy creates an even deeper treatment and naturally emits healing negative ions when heated. The smaller mat fits comfortably in an office chair so you can recharge while working, whereas the regular size mat is great for stretching, doing yoga, meditating, or even just chilling and watching TV. I've got this guy laid out on a bed. Many of you know that I've, I've been talking about how I have beds in my upstairs living room instead of couches with big ass pillows that go around the walls. That's so we can really just lounge while we're watching a documentary or a Disney flick or whatever. And uh, when I'm reading, I've been diving into the Hardy Boys with Bear. So I'm reading the Hardy Boys each night. I lay on this mat as I'm reading and I heal my lower back. I get warm. I get a nice natural high. And then I sleep much better. It's absolutely phenomenal. Whether you deal with chronic pain, work out frequently, or just need a moment to relax, lying on their mats for even a couple minutes each day will help ease your mind and body from the inside out. Get your own infrared sauna blanket or infrared PEMF mat at higherdose.com today and use my exclusive promo code KKP75 at checkout to save $75. That's higherdose.com, promo code KKP75. Do not forget the promo code that lets them know you came from me. We're also brought to you by 8 Sleep Pod Pro Cover. This is that's a mouthful. Eight Sleep Pro Pod Pro Cover. Eight Sleep Pod Pro Cover. This is one of my favorite things that I have. Have you ever heard that you need to sleep at 68 degrees Fahrenheit? Well, that's a myth. Science suggests that there is no one universal sleep temperature to give you deep and high quality sleep. Moreover, our sleeping temperature needs to change throughout the night, as body temperature affects both your circadian rhythm and sleep quality. However, the average mattress actually absorbs your body heat, giving you those nasty night sweats and causing restlessness. Who wants that? The Pod Pro by 8 Sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. It pairs dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking. It comes in the form of both a mattress or a cover you can put on your existing mattress. Get the pod and start sleeping as cool as 55 degrees or as hot as 110. Now, I don't know that anybody's going to sleep at 110 degrees. That seems pretty gnarly, but it's to show this, this thing really has range. The temperature of the Pod Pro will adjust each side of the bed based on your sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature, reacting intelligently to create the optimal sleeping environment. The result, eight sleep users fall asleep up to 32% faster, reduce sleep interruptions by 40%, and get overall more restful sleep. The Pod Pro by 8 Sleep is also popular. It has garnered attention from CEOs, pro athletes, and overall high performers who want to sleep fit. Because good sleep is the ultimate game changer, go to 8sleep.com KKP to check out the Pod Pro and save $150 at checkout using promo code KKP. That's 8sleep.com. 8 Sleep is E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash KKP and use promo code KKP for $150 off. I absolutely love their bed too, by the way. I have the whole setup. So it's not just the, the topper that goes on that you can put on your existing bed. 
Uh, I'm a side sleeper. I like firm mattresses and the mattress is just phenomenal. So the entire package is really cool. And for people that have, you know, a, a partner who runs hot or runs cooler than you do, remember, this is going to work on both sides of the mattress. So it's an absolute game changer. You know, I, when I would sleep with Tosh prior to Wolf's arrival, uh, she, she runs a little cooler, so she likes things hotter, you know, and, or, or thicker blankets and I run hot. So, I mean, this is one of the ways that we would, uh, potentially get around that is having something like this. So once Wolfie is sleeping in her own room, this is what we're going to circle back and sleep on. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Upgraded Formulas. We just had Barton Scott on the podcast. He was our, our last episode. Make sure you check that one out because we take a deep dive into what you can do about your own personal health right now with a hair mineral analysis test, heavy metal test, as well as getting in the most um, bioavailable nano minerals on the planet. Um, you can check out the test and consultation over at upgradedformulas.com and save 15% on your first purchase with promo code KKP15 at checkout. So next one is for those of you like me who spend a lot on supplements each month. If that's you too, you can then have you ever thought about how important knowing your levels is to your performance? And wouldn't it be great if you also knew what you were absorbing, not absorbing, and what you have too much of? Well, what I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that. After all, you can't be a biohacker without testing, can you? Now, biohacking, I think, is kind of a silly term, but one of the things that I loved when I did uh, ketogenic diets, and uh, you know, uh, I've talked a lot about this in the past, but people would ask me, you know, like, oh, you know, I feel like I'm in ketosis. The concept, if you're not checking, you're guessing, right? You're, I'm, any supplement you take, if you're not checking, you're guessing. If you're just taking something and guessing like, oh, I think it's working. I think it's doing well, but you don't actually know. The hair mineral analysis is going to give you a broader view of what your body's actually absorbing and what it is not. So you can test instead of guess to see how well the products you're taking in are working. In this case, I'm talking about upgraded formulas, hair test kit, and consultation, and their minerals, which absorb really, really well so that you can vanquish any of those hidden deficiencies that are affecting thyroid, adrenal, and much more. Check out the test and consultation at upgradedformulas.com and save 15% on your first purchase with code KKP15 at checkout. Absolutely love these guys. Obviously, I mentioned vitamin D3 at the beginning of this. Symbiotica.com is absolutely essential. They are one of my favorites. They have a whole host of things, but one of the things that I think is so mandatory for people due to the modern world is vitamin D3, K2. You can check that out. Um, and they have bundle packages where if you order, you just hit start your own bundle. And um, they've got the omega for omega-3s, vitamin C, that everything is micelle technology, which means it's encapsulated in fat, meaning you get high absorption rates, very, the highest absorption rates in bioavailability. Uh, D3K2 CoQ10 is one of my favorite products that they have. Check that out over symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com, Kyle15 at checkout. And without further ado, my man, Dr. Kirk Parsley. Has anybody ever given you shit other than like some Karen? I mean, like everybody who's ever talked to me about a mask has been white woman in her sixties, you know, fifties or 60s. I had an old man and uh, it was Whole Foods downtown. And I normally should. That's, sh that's where yeah. I always got it. it downtown <laughs> I'm, Whole Foods. I'm normally at um, either the B Cave one or uh, William Cannon. 
And, you know, when it started, we were, I think, three weeks, three weeks into it. So it was March. We were out at, um, I was camping with my son and they kicked us out of the state park. And I was like, oh, all right. Uh, this is weird. You know, yeah. like, clearly they're taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I, but I never had fear around it because of my experience with plant medicine. Like there's nothing right. to fear in fucking nature if you're healthy. Right. And, um, Anywho, is, is seriously the right word though? I mean, are they taking it seriously or are they like, take, well, that was my taking it zealously. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it, oh, it, <laughs> yeah, this we can, we're going to rabbit hole this for sure. Uh-huh. Um, but at the time we, we leave, I come back, we go shopping Tasha's second trimester. Mm-hmm. So she's fucking massive baby bump. And we're walking, we're probably the only people at William Cannon Whole Foods walking around mm. with no masks on and right. see Godsy or somebody give them a big hug. And people are like, Oh my God, they're hugging. Right. You know? And I'm and, and it's early on, but it's like, what, what, are, what's going on here? Like I still didn't fully grasp it. Um, but at some point, when masks became mandatory, it was right around when they decided to, you know, before it was any kid didn't have to wear masks. Then it was like, no, only two and under don't have to wear right. masks, right? It was a, more, more bullshit. None of, it, none of it makes sense. But at that point, we were at... Um, I have no idea how you off. could... I don't know. I have any idea how you could even try to keep a mask on a three or four-year-old kid. Or I see it on airplanes. It's I mean, unfortunate. It's amazing. But we, yeah, we were at the uh, downtown one. And this old guy saw a bear without a mask on and he's, you know, he was five at the time and just started going off. And he was old enough that like, if I, if I blew on him hard enough, he would probably break a bone. Mm -hmm. So I was like, uh, I don't know, like bears going up and down the escalator there. And, um, the guy starts yelling at me and pointing his finger like you, blah, 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 blah. I I can't even understand him from it with his mask on, but I know what he's saying. And I'm like, huh? And then he points at my son and he points back to me and he's shaking his head. No. And he, and I, and I look at him and I say, I pull my mask down and I say, you don't say a word to my kid like that. And he just shook his head and walked off. Yeah. But it was like, dude, I'm going to draw the line right there to make this real simple. You don't say a fucking word to him. Yeah. With with your nonsense. Isn't it amazing how much of the population now feels entitled to parent your kids and like tell your kids what to believe and what to do? And like, that's getting scary, man. I mean, somebody, um, fortunately, my kids are older now, like all adults, but man, think for themselves. Yeah. I'd I'd be going crazy if my kids were young, especially if, you know, any of my kids were in regular school. Right. And I really feel for people who have kids in, in public school and, you know, you have three now, just two. We just got two. The, we got a uh, bear just turned six, and then wolf just turned one on Fourth of July. Okay, little patriot baby, but um, yeah the 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 kids thing is probably one of the most concerning, and for for a number of reasons. But what this guy had said was most people who lived shitty lives that had no level of importance whatsoever, the masses, right? General population. Right. Right. Sorry. General population, and I, I don't. I'm not saying sorry to my listeners because most of you do not. And just because you work a shitty job does not mean that you have a shitty life. I've worked plenty of shitty jobs, right? And worked through them on a bigger and better things. But people who are who don't have much going for them now, they have an importance, and the importance is the world at large. And if they do their part by being a good citizen and helping others find the way and find the light then they can fix the world's issues, right? So it gives them an identity that allows them to become in their own way, 
someone that's important that helps to police others and bring about the health of humanity through an injection. I'm I'm with you down to the point of the motivation. I don't believe these people actually think they're creating a better world. I think these people are just really narcissistic. I think they're completely... they're 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 completely abused by their own ego, and this is all like you're saying their self importance, and so anything that they can do. And now these days, being a victim is being self important, and the more obscure the victim category is, the more important you are. And then if <laughs> yeah, and if you can identify with being a victim, well, if you're the victim, then you're the oppressed, which means you're the resistance. But Obviously, the people with the most power right now are, are is that category. So you can't be the resistance and the force, which, which they are, right? They are the man that they're resisting, right? Yeah, uh, the, um, the Burning Man. Yeah, saying we're requiring vaccinations. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're like, so, so I feel like those people are, um, they're they're doing all of this to validate themselves. I don't really think that they have this utopian vision. I don't think they know what that looks like uh, because they don't even all agree with each other. They just agree against the people who aren't taking, aren't, aren't seeing the world through this fear lens that, that they're seeing it through. Um, so I, so I, it, the end result's the same, but I think the motivation is a little different. I think it's completely self-serving narcissism and because they feel unimportant, because they feel marginalized, because, you know, their parents were cowards and didn't raise them <laughs> with any kind of rigor that allowed them to overcome obstacles and have some self-determination and, uh, and discipline and desire. Um, I, th- I think that's what we're the most absent of as, as a culture. I mean, ask a 25-year-old, what do they want? What do they want to do with their life? They want to be rich, right? Like, I want to be really rich and powerful. Like, no, but what do you want to do? <laughs> oh, I don't care. Like whatever makes me rich and powerful. Like <laughs> I don't think that's an ambition, man. <laughs> that's like uh, that's a hope, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What are you going to win the lotto? Like uh, it, it's strange, man. It's strange. And and again, the end result is <clears throat> they got what they wanted. They became who they wanted to be. This ego-driven sense of like I'm really important now. I'm rich and I'm powerful and I'm important. But I didn't do anything to help anybody to get here. Like, it's one thing to be popular and powerful because you're a really helpful person, right? It's like people flock to you and they want advice from you and they want Tony Robbins. Yeah, they want resources from you because you do amazing things for people and you transform people's lives or you help people get out of these really bad situations or like whatever it is. Yeah, that person should be, you know, powerful in that sense. but those people are never gonna like Tony. Could you imagine Tony Robbins getting up in your face and telling you what you should believe about any of this stuff? Like, no way. Like, he's gonna he's say, getting in people's faces and saying you don't have to fall in line. You're not if you're not a follower, become a leader and do what's right for you. Right. I, yeah. It's like you know. Um, I don't know. It, it it it's a it's a vast cultural spread, man. And it and it's scary. It's getting scarier, man. Like I. Uh, I was having a conversation this morning with um, a buddy of mine who's out here uh, from SEAL teams. And and I said, you, you know, you could really make the case that we're already a socialist country. 
right? Uh, and instead of them coming in and sort of just cracking down and taking all of our money, they've just printed all this monopoly money that's putting us in debt. So they really took our money before we even got it, right? Um, obviously, there's a party line that has to be carried, and if you like, and you get ostracized or worse, arrested, like whatever, for not caring, you know, censored, banned, like, you know, banned off of social media, banned. Uh, now they're talking about, uh, they've given the DNC power to um, read people's text and, and censor texts that have misinformation about the vaccine. Emails are next if they're not already doing email, right? So they're like... Well, they could, they've already had the, for decades... Decades for at least ten years, they've been able to look at our phones, do all that stuff. Oh yeah, they, yeah but they but, were doing but, that when I was in the SEAL teams. Like one of my good friends went to NSA, and he came back. He was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!" Like we are so screwed. Like there is there is zero privacy in the country, and and how but can, it's open now, right? That's the difference. Yeah, what's transpired in this last week is that it's it's in. They're openly stating the fact that hey, we're going to actually police this, right? And it well, makes- before before they were before they were reading it, and like maybe it made you a target of an investigation or something. But now I send you a text, and they edit that. They censor my text. They may not they may not send it at all. They may block me from being able to text you. Like they may. I, I don't know if they're like going in there and rewriting it or putting one of those little warnings that this is potential misinformation. <laughs> Click here and read what Fauci has to say about this. <laughs> Wait, that's not what Fauci says. Click here. <laughs> you know. So uh, like that's that's scary. And, and you know, there's all this this coming out. Uh, um, yeah, about about openly spying on journalists. You know who don't carry the party line and uh you know um military leadership like the you know the the political branch of the military leadership like the pentagon guys like openly supporting all of this um it's tyranny all right it's it's tyrannical behavior to run around and tell people they have to wear something on their face they have to get a vaccine they have to do this they have to like not i didn't you weren't elected to office because you're better and smarter than me. Like you, you're elected to office because you wanted to be the person representing us, and we rep- and we elected you, and now you represent us. You don't. We didn't elect you to tell us what to do. Like that. That doesn't make any sense. That's not how the country was designed. And most of the people that are making the decisions are not elected officials. Yeah, it's the it's the administrative government that's the real problem. Yeah, CDC yeah. people like that, the ones that are the you know, and even. The intelligence agencies now, right? Like DOJ, all of that. I mean, all those guys are—they're getting caught, caught doing some pretty unscrupulous stuff, and they just go in front of Congress and lie, and Congress can prove that they lie. And nothing happens, right? Like they just tell a blatant lie, and then they have. Well, we have the documents to prove that was a lie. Did you see? <laughs> did you it. see the creepy line? The documentary, The Creepy Line? No. It's awesome. It's all about Google, but same exact shit. They yeah. go there. They've been caught red-handed stealing uh, their, their driverless cars that I used to be around constantly and uh, where I lived in the Bay Area would drive up and down streets. Sometimes not the driverless cars, sometimes just the Google or Earth cars. Yeah. But both of them would drive down uh, through suburbs and different areas, apartment complexes, and they would fucking grab anyone's information that had a non-locked Wi-Fi. And this was proven in court. They got a slap on the wrist. Mm. They own whoever would police them. Right. 
you know? And that's, that's really the issue. And, and that, you know, that clears up a lot. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been, I've been so confused as to why billionaires would be in bed with a socialist regime. It's like, why would you want socialism if you're if you're a billionaire? This capitalism thing obviously worked out pretty well for you. Like, why do you, why would you want to shift? Um, yeah, it, it's it's weird to me, man. It's really weird to me. I I I can't make sense of it. the vaccine was the most obvious thing, right? And like, and that's what's funny. That's what I got uh, suspended. Well, they said suspended, but I've been suspended for like four or five Indefinitely. months. Definitely, yeah. Like it, <laughs> and they never sent me an email or anything, so I got suspended from Twitter. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I, I literally, I hate the misuse of that word, so be careful not to overspeak it, but I probably post something twice a month. You know, during COVID, that was my most active posting thing because that was the first time in my life that the major news cycle was something I had expertise in, right? Like, I'm not a politician. I don't know anything about political science. I'm not especially smart about economics. You know, so most of the stuff that's usually in the news, I don't, I don't know anything about it, right? Uh, and I just have to listen to what different people are telling me. And if it's important enough, I do my own research. Otherwise, I just kind of go, that's not all important. I kind of feel like it's this, you know? Um, but the medicine, like, the, like, I know what viruses are. I know how vaccines work. I know how masks work. I know, like, you know, I'm a medical doctor. I, kn- I understand this. And the, and the misinformation was so apparent so quickly. Um, and then one of the things that the news is, the media has been doing my entire lifetime is they never give a, de- they never give a denominator, right? Like they'll say, <clears throat> you know, 7,000 new cases of COVID. Wow. I mean, I guess that sounds like a lot. Like, how many? How many did we have yesterday? And like, how many? And, you know, they just they just did it. Uh, I think in in California, they're like redoing the mask mandate again because they were up from like eleven thousand cases to twenty three thousand cases or something. And like, oh, it seems big, right? Double, but okay. At their peak, there were almost three hundred thousand cases a day. So you're still not even ten percent of that. So why are you really doing this again? You know, um, and and I and I made the case at the beginning. I'm like, the death ticker, you know, is a fear tactic. Like, you know, I know a color operation when I see one. Like this, this is a fear tactic. I said in in one of my first videos on Instagram, I was like, if you got out of bed every day and the news was carrying everyone in America who had died of a car crash, right, and they were doing the humanitarian story about him, how it was a 75-year-old grandmother on a way to her five-year-old grandson's birthday and some distracted driver was texting and killed her. And right, that's all you think about. How often would you drive? Like how, how confident would you be about driving? What would that do to people's willingness to drive and people's fear in driving, right? Like <clears throat> Americans aren't different people than they were a year ago. The reason there's... 1,500 uh, incidents in, in federal aircraft, you know, you know it's federal, federally, man, uh, federally, federally managed aircraft, right? So, like, the, um, the reason there's 1,500 of those uh, this year already in six months, and there's usually about 100 per year, um, that's because of fear, right? Like, it's, it's fear and anger. So, there's half the crowd being fearful that, 
I'm going to get COVID from you if you don't wear a mask. And then there's half the crowd feeling fearful that I'm giving up all my rights and succumbing to tyranny. And so both people are, are like at each other's throat. And, and so I was, from the very beginning, just trying to like, I wasn't saying COVID wasn't real. I wasn't saying you like you don't. There's no chance you have to worry about it. I was just like, let's be rational about it. And then when they came up the mask, that my initial like immediately, right? I, I mean, it didn't. It was a millisecond for me that I was like, oh, that that won't work. Like I, I you know, I've, I've used masks. I'm, like I've, I've worked in hospitals. Yeah, you understand I've what they're for? I, like, I understand. Yeah. Like how, how is that possible? And so I. And then, you know, there's all this hypo that in N95, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe these N95s are special. So I go and I look at the engineering specs of an N95 mask. I do the math, all right? If you blew the marble, if you blew the virus up to the size of a marble, the smallest hole in the mask would be as big around as those two doors. So a billion of these and a billion, <laughs> you know, a thousand of these, like, uh, what are you stopping, right? Um and they can't study this. Like they're doing things with smoke and whatever and having people cough on dishes and all this other stuff. It's like you, you, you can't study this and you're not studying it in a real environment. Anytime anybody else does a study and it's just like this completely clinical made up thing that doesn't exist anywhere, everybody just completely destroys it. It's poop. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like you know, there's so many confounding variables. You aren't looking at this. You aren't looking, you aren't looking at the fact that people are you know, wearing the same mask every day, you know, five times a day. You aren't, you aren't looking at the fact that people are, you know, touching their face, putting these things on and off. You aren't looking at the fact that people are always pulling them down and talking and, you know, um, and and you're only looking at people who get sick and you just keep throwing out the window that, okay, well, this dastardly man who didn't wear a mask maybe gave COVID to somebody else, but he didn't give COVID to 600 other people that he interacted with, you know, but you don't, you never get the denominator. It's just like this, this one example, this one example, it's always fear. So I was just fighting against that. I, it just, it was bullying to me. And like I've, bullying has always gotten under my skin since I was a little kid. I used to, oh, yeah. I used to just get in fights. If somebody was getting bullied, I just jumped in there. Like I don't, I didn't care if, I, I could hate the guy who's getting bullied. Think he's a loser. But like, not, no, we're not, we're not bullying. Like nobody's bullying anybody. And, and it just felt like bullying to me. And now I've gotten the ultimate bully, right? Uh, and everything that I posted uh, on Twitter I mean, always, I was posting things from the news. It's like, oh, here's a CDC study and here's what it means. So, you know, don't get too wrapped around the axle because this is what it really means. And, this, and it's being portrayed this way, but it, this is, these are the facts. And I did that maybe a dozen times. And that's it. Like I got suspended from Twitter indefinitely. I had like, you know, a little over 10,000 followers. I have zero now. Like everything's wiped off. And I can't even go in and do anything to the account. Like I couldn't go in, I can't go in there and post. I can't go in there and I couldn't even take tweets down if I thought they were offensive. I can't do anything. Like I'm totally locked out of the account. Um, like when in history have the censors been there on the good side, right? Like, when, yeah. like just name the time anywhere in the history of man where the people censoring turned out to be the good guys. It's not, it's not possible. It, and really, like, no, no matter who you voted for, the, and this is this is what's funny is that a certain group of people won't see this as just a fucking glaring red flag. But when you take the president down, right, from Twitter, the most the sitting the most, president, yeah, yeah, active, not fucking yeah. after the fact, like while he's in office. Yeah, that to me is is like the wait wait a minute alarms are going off. To <laughs> hold on, tell me tell me on. how you're not a governor a government actor in that case, right? 
media aren't allowed to be activists. They aren't allowed to be government actors. That's the reason they have the protections they do. Forget 230, just like any like anybody who's supposed to be objective like that. Like that's like you you you're protected to say and given the permission to say what you want to say over airways because you're not an active you're not you're not an activist. If you're an activist, what are we listening to? Pure propaganda, right? Um, and so they censored the president of the United States, took away his platform to speak to the people, right? You imagine the television stations just saying, well, they kind of did, right? Just quit covering his speeches. Mm, that's government action. Uh, I just read this morning or yesterday, I um, uh, can't remember the exact organization, but you know, if someone on the Democratic side is asking, asking, I can't remember who they're, they're asking one of the social media companies, is either Twitter or Facebook. I think they were asking Facebook to actively prevent this type of information going out. And that basically if it's, if it's uh, not what Fauci says, then it's not just a warning. You know, like you just completely disallow it and you, and you don't let that, you don't let that be posted. So, the Democratic Party, as a government organization, can't stop you from communicating, but they use people who can. That's just an extension of the government at that point. That's tyranny. But similar to uh, Biden saying, we're, we're not going to enforce a, a vaccine passport, but we will allow corporations to make right. their own decisions around it. Right. You could, <laughs> you'll, you'll just be a leper in society and not be able to participate with everybody else. Um, you know, because, um, because you're, you're a Nazi or you're, you know, you're a white supremacist, you're a white nationalist, extremist, whatever. Flat earther. Yeah. Just because you want a few questions asked, you know, uh, you want a few questions answered before you, you know, and, and when there's, uh, you know, contradictions, you know, one of my favorite lines from, um, Atlas Shrugged is contradictions don't exist. If you find one, check your premises. Like something, one of, one of your premises is off. And so when we're presented with information that doesn't make sense to us and it's contrary to everything we've always thought, you need to answer some questions, but they won't. It's like, no, shut up and do it. Like Fauci says to do it or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the issue is, whether it's medical, whatever. I think the, I think the vaccine is the most egregious thing though. to me like that one generally makes me fearful um, because like I'm not a brilliant doctor because I, because I understand this. Most people with like who took a college biology class would understand that if you've had the vaccine or if you've had the, if you've had the infection or if you've been infected with COVID, you have natural immunity that's more robust than a vaccine. And they're still trying to force people to take the vaccine who have already had the virus. Never in the history of medicine have we done that. Like, there's no indication for that. In fact, you know, that could be, uh, it's very likely that that's what's leading to the, the, the bad vaccine outcomes, that you're like 10 times more likely to have these, these bad outcomes from your, uh, you know, bad reactions, or in some cases people are dying. The, these are almost exclusively people like the people who have really severe action reactions people who 
uh, almost exclusively people who have had the virus already. And of course, a lot of people don't even know that they've had the virus, right? So if you don't know you've had the virus... 60% are asymptomatic, right? Right. So if you don't know you've had the virus and you have to get a vaccine, and having had the virus makes the vaccine more risky, and the vaccine already hasn't been tested long-term, and you have some questions about that, and that makes you an anti-vax flat earther, it's like, no, 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 no. That makes me rational and the fact that you want to answer my questions makes you irrational. Um, if we can't have a discussion about it, then I'm not doing it. You know, um, I, you know, even if I were 70 and frail, I would probably wait a while. I'd, I'd wait for some proof. You know, uh, everybody's so amazed and spun up about oh, this fastest development of any vaccine in history, and this, and it's a miracle of science. Like, no. You've always been able to develop a vaccine in a weekend. Like it's not like that's not the complicated part. The complicated part and the time, uh, the the time commitment is the testing for safety. And you start with you start with animals, right? And you, <laughs> and you and like a sub a subset of animals. And you, you start with certain dosages and you figure out the figure out the dosages. And then you still have to look at the long term health of the animals. And then you can move up to like you know more sophisticated, more complex animals. And then you get into human trials, and it's like healthy adults. And then you get long term data on them. And then you can go a little older or a little younger, and you work that back. And it takes a decade to do. And we're like, nope. Don't need any of that. No, this, give this, us a pregnant this mom. This is totally, no yeah. This is totally safe. I <laughs> promise. We're really, really sure. We created it on a computer and everything, you know. And it's and um, you know, I've I've listened to uh, uh, I was listening to Peter Atia's podcast probably a year ago, and uh, before the vaccine was even out, and they're talking about the development of the vaccine, and that's what this guy did. I mean, they, and you know, Peter Atia's guests are always the you know, the creme de la creme, like super achieved academician, professor, doctor. And uh, he he was a virologist and he had done tons of work on vaccines. And he was even saying, you know, I'd, I'd like to watch it for three or four years before I take it. And he was like 60 or something, you know. He's like, you know, I'm healthy. I'm in good shape. I don't have any comorbidities. Like I'm like, I, I would, like if it came out today, I would, I'd probably wait three, four years before I would, I'd be willing to take it, but I think I'd be safe for that. Like it's a risk to reward ratio, right? There, your risk assessment. You're not like no one does a risk assessment anymore. Like, oh, there's danger. Oh, avoid that. Like, no, I'm pretty sure that's where all the juice is. Like, you got to go towards the danger so most of the time, right? And uh, you just have to be calculated about it. So it's it's, it's concerning. And then the second, uh, you know, the second part of that. So one, they're 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 forcing the vaccine on people who have already had the virus and know they already had the virus and already have superior immunity to, to what the vaccine is going to give them. That's one problem, right? That's a big red flag for me. Nobody's explained that. that and that question's been asked plenty of times. No one has explained that. No one's even attempted to explain that. Every time that question gets asked, it gets 100% dodged. And then the other one is, you're giving, you're trying to give this to kids and healthy adults. And, you know, if you're under 20, your risk of dying of COVID is this, is actually less than your risk of getting struck by lightning. Nobody's worried about getting struck by lightning. So as a doctor, if you came to see me and you said, Hey, I'm really concerned about cancer. And I said, do you have any symptoms? And you're like, no, but you know, 
I know some people with cancer. My dad had cancer. I'm really worried about cancer. And I go, you're totally healthy. And you're like, but I really want some cancer treatment. And I start giving you chemotherapy, just in case you have some cancer that we haven't found. I would, I, I, would go, I would go to jail for that. Like I would lose my medical license and almost certainly end up doing like, like with criminal charges against me. But that's exactly what we're doing to young kids. Their risk of death rounds to zero. Like, like really, really low, right? Under 20, I think it's like 0. 0.008 or something, right? So not, not even a hundredth of a percent. So they have, no, they have no functional risk of this disease and you're giving them a vaccine, which is not even FDA approved, which is an experimental treatment. How is that, like that is against the Hippocratic Oath. That is exactly what you're taught not to do. Every time I give you, if I were going to give you any medication, we would talk about, hey, there's risk to this medication and there's rewards to this medication. There's risk to not taking the medications and there's some rewards to not taking the medication. And let's talk about it and let's figure out where you fall out on, right, on this Venn diagram. Where, where is this for you? I, I have no idea how that isn't the expected approach and the fact that people like me are just being run over and squashed. And, you know, the, that organization, um, Frontline Doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, just, Rogan just had him on with Brett Weinstein, one of the guys from there. And uh, Amazon Web Service just wiped them out, like just took their website away in 24 hours. I clicked on it. You could yeah, buy I, Ivermectin there, right? With like an yeah, online consultation. Well, well, yeah, but the worst part is they're... So I went to the lecture, the, the woman who's a lawyer, uh, she's a lawyer and a doctor, and she was one of the speakers. Um, and I went to a lecture that she did out here in Austin, and um, completely rational. Like, everything that she's saying is kind of a lot, of, very similar to what I'm saying. Um, and she was arrested, put in jail with no charges, no call to a lawyer for four days for prescribing ivermectin as a physician. Now, the way the law, the law usually works is I have a medical license, I have a medical degree, I have a medical license, and I have a DEA number that allows me to prescribe controlled substances and other, other things, like sort of um, regulated medications. I can prescribe those medications for any reason I want to, right? I'm protected by that. Because I have a medical degree and I have a medical license, they believe that they believe in my ability to make a decision about, well, this is an off-label use, but I think this makes sense and we discuss it and I can do that. Well, now it's a crime to do that. I had patients out here in uh, Austin that got COVID. She wasn't going to die. You know, um, it was a husband and wife. She was really sick. I mean, she wasn't going to die. She was healthy. And I was like, well, you know, I'll give you some ivermectin. I'll give you a Z-pack and, you know, and give you some zinc and vitamin D3 and like all the stuff, you know, it's just like three-day course of all this and you're, you're done. And she was, next day she's 100% running around like, yeah, I feel fine. Um, it took me, I'm going to say about two and a half hours to get ivermectin for her. Or, I'm sorry, hydrochlorothiazide, not, um, not uh, hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was about to bring up hydroxychloroquine because that yeah, was kind yeah, of the that, known that's thing what I, prior to ivermectin. I, my head's gone all over the place. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was that was before we knew the power of ivermectin. This was super early in COVID, and uh, the hydroxychloroquine. Um, I uh, it, it took me two and a half hours to get it, and like when I was in the SEAL teams, they used to give us like a bucket of that stuff and just kind of like, take this anytime you're going to Southeast Asia. You know, like take it a week before, take it while you're there. You know, it was a malaria prophylaxis. Really safe malaria prophylaxis, yeah, it's, right? and it's been, I want to say it's been on the world market for almost 100 years, like 80-something years, and it's been in America for 60-some-odd years. And 90% of the planet, you can just walk into store and buy it. You don't need a prescription for it. It's that safe. You know, they give it to nursing mothers. They give it to little kids. Because when you live in a malaria endemic area, it's like you take this pill once a week and you get rid of one of the major causes of death in your area. And over 80 years of doing this and, you know, underdeveloped countries, no one's come up with any problems about it. But now all of a sudden it's a problem. I mean, these things are red flags to me. It's like there's something behind that. And I'm, and I'm not smart enough to know what it is. I, I don't understand the government well enough to understand what are the political games going on. All I can say is that this isn't the way things are supposed to be going, right? That there is, there's motivation behind all of these things that have nothing to do with health. Because if they did, we would know that we're risking people's health. And we do understand that. Like you don't have to be super smart person to figure that out like you can be a moderately educated person and go that, that seemed kind of dangerous and if you have a medical degree you damn well know that that's the wrong thing to do but yet if I give somebody a vaccine they don't need I'm celebrated if I give them a pill they do need I go to jail yeah, very I'm, concerning I got hydroxychloroquine um, just to have on hand with Z-Pack and, and it was it was like cool I'll hold on to this that kind of thing and um, all of us are super healthy. I don't know that we've had it or not based on the testing, but we got fucking annihilated Christmas of 2020, mm-hmm. which was kind of right before it became big. But um, there's some talk that, that it had been going around from November of 2020. So it does line up. And you I, know, think, I, I think October. Yeah. I think we had a case in October that was been proven, like late October was the first case. And that, that makes sense. You know, like Christmas Day is the only Christmas ever where I had to lie down the entire time. I didn't mm. open a single present. I looked over to watch my son open his presents. Mm. It, it fucked me up legitimately, right. you know? Um, I had worn myself out prior to that. I was running a 5K with no training in the cold, that kind of shit. So, yeah. you know, I, I laid the foundation environmentally for uh, something to kick my ass, and it did. But I needed no medication. You know, right. eight days changing the sheets and, and, and my son sweat a lot too at night. He was fine during the day, but sweat a lot at night and we were gold. Tosh had like a three day thing. She took some Tamiflu. She was fine. That's, that's what I had too, is the sweats, man. Like yeah. sweats and muscle cramps. Yeah. I think I thought of that as like combo almost like, like my body is purifying itself mm-hmm. and, um, it, I've never been sick where I felt like this, this is a greater context. Right, but now when I look in hindsight, it's like there's no question. Like we were to get sick, and uh, likely uh, while Tosh is pregnant, you know that's getting into the body, and and we're adapting to that ahead mm-hmm. of time. So when these kids come out, everyone's on the same page. They've been upgraded, but um, you know I've been still holding on to that hydroxychloroquine because yeah. it 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 seemingly overnight became the thing to get and the thing you couldn't get, mm-hmm. and they started going after doctors. We were giving it out, and then they basically 
uh, it made it impossible to get because pharmacists weren't going to be able to dole it out. Right. So even, yeah, and that was the regulatory control on me. It was the pharmacy wouldn't prescribe it. Yeah, they're like, sorry, what and, do you want this for? Unless I had lied about it. Now, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, right? Yeah. I'm not going to let you make a liar out of me. Now you have power over me. You're like, I'm going to argue with you based on the merits of your argument. But their hands are tied. And, you know, uh, some pharmacists were willing to take the risk, at least one pharmacist was willing to take the risk, or he didn't know he At wasn't he wasn't aware of the regulations or whatever it was uh, but I, w- I was able to get it um and i think there's that you know there's nothing wrong with having a, you know an emergency stash of that um for someone like you it's probably very unlikely to get used right because you are you are robustly healthy and you know you have a good immune system if you got worn down, you would probably wait till you were like on death's door before you took it. And it doesn't really work that well then. Like it works when you kind of first get it. So like when you have a 70-year-old kind of frail person get it, you just like, here, it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, There's a real good chance it might help you. As soon as the symptoms start, yeah, right? And the, and, the, and the rules in the hospital are that until, until somebody's about to die, you don't give them these things. Like you just wait and wait and wait, wait it out, wait it out, wait it out. Like why? I'm not really sure. Um, and then they started giving vaccines to all these people in the hospitals who are struggling along thinking that's going to help. And those people just flat out die. Yeah, a lot of those people just die because uh, that's uh, you know that can cause this hyperimmune response. And like when you're when you're sick, it's not the virus that makes you feel sick. It's your immune response to that virus that makes you feel sick, right? And you can just imagine that sick feeling, that weak feeling, that pain, aching, kind of disorienting feeling that you get when you have a really bad flu or something. Inject me with something that's going to make that 10 times worse. Ah, you know, I'm going to be suffering, but a seven-year-old is going to die, right? With that kind of immune response. Uh, you know, it's really, I mean, getting older just really means you have fewer resources, right? You're, le- you're less capable of repair and you have fewer resources to do it with. And so you're taking people who can't handle as big of an insult and have fewer resources to recover from the insult you're giving them. Um, instead of just going here, right away, take this. It might do nothing for you, but there's some pretty good evidence to suggest that it will do great things for you. Now that ivermectin is the same way, you take it really early, works great. You take it once a week, you just don't get COVID, right? They did a study with uh, 1,200 healthcare providers. They gave 800 of them uh, ivermectin one day a week. And they get 400 of them nothing, the control group. And they worked in the hospitals with um, COVID. And out of the 400 uh, that didn't take anything, I want to say like 56, 57% of them got COVID. Not a single person out of the 800 got, not one. Like zero cases with taking ivermectin. Like you can't, you can't say that's not causal. I mean, not technically, of course, you can't. Like statistically, you can't say it's causal. But... I mean, that's a pretty hard case to make. Um, if we did that with anything else in your life, if you you know, you would go, well, yeah, I'm going to take that right because <laughs> there's there's no there's no, no danger to, there's no danger to it, right? Um, you know, if if uh, you know, fifty percent of your friends had car crashes and they were doing something when they were driving, and then all your other friends who don't do that didn't have any car crashes, you would say, I'm gonna, I'm going to drive like that. Like, I'm going to do like, like is it? Possibly chance it is, but really, really, really low odds. If you understand statistics, you can measure that power and go, it's almost impossible that that isn't purely caused by them taking ivermectin. 
Hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin both work by driving zinc into the cell. Is that correct? Or do they have different I, so mechanisms? I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the the micro mechanism of of uh, of them, but they're both they're both sort of um, uh, antiviral, antiparasitic, uh, and slightly antibiotic. And essentially, uh, the way most antibiotics work is. Um, they damage the bacteria themselves so that they can't proliferate. What all of these drugs do is they enhance your immunity to whatever it is. And so whether it's a parasite or a virus replication or a bacteria, it's causing a change in your immune system, which is infinitely complex. It's not just like T-cells, B-cells, and natural killers. I mean, there are so many damn chemical messengers going in there. There's so much to do, like whether or not you're producing heat in that area, or whether you're not producing inflammation. Is it anabolic inflammation? Is it catabolic inflammation? Like there's, there's, so, there's hundreds of thousands of chemical reactions going on to that. So it's infinitely complex. But we, but we know we know that it works, and we know that it we know that it works on other viruses. We know that it works on parasites. We know that to a very, very, very small degree, it has some effect on some bacteria. But I mean, that's just a great antimicrobial drug, and it's really safe. And zinc is obviously a problem, and I know it does have uh, some effects with zinc regulation, and I believe vitamin D three as well, which is of course a hormone. Um, so that's part of the immune system that's being secreted from your fat cells due to the chemical messengers of your immune system. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's more complex than I could sit here and, you know, draw out the biochemical pathway of it, but um, you don't need it. You don't need to, like, you know, you don't need to be able to um, rebuild the engine of your car to, to drive it, right? And like, this is a simple thing. It's just like, you're just you're taking this medication when you're at risk, and like, if you're 20, why would you do it? You're 25, you're 30, you're really healthy, you're 35. Like, why? Why would you do it? Like, why would you even take the medication? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, and it, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's disturbing to say the least. And I, I don't have any idea what power I have to change anything. That's the most concerning part about it. Yeah, I think that that if if the plants have taught me anything, they're they're <laughs> one of the beautiful. And again, I don't know if this helps with the outcome, but surrender at least to what I what I can control mm -hmm. and versus what I cannot. And it's it's funny because this this podcast here is one of the few avenues that still is is not policed. You know, uh, yeah. Obviously, there's some some places uh, that start with an S that Joe Rogan works with. Yeah, um, that have been pretty adamant about policing. Uh, yeah, that's that's just an employees acting like churlish children, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've had friends, uh, you know, have their podcast taken down because COVID was in the title, things like that. Really? You know, yeah. Uh, just on that one place, you know. Wow. iTunes seems to be cool. Uh, again, they could be, you know, messing with algorithms and things of that nature. But um, this is kind of the last frontier. And I don't know how long that lasts. I got, right. a, I got a good buddy of mine, Justin Resvani, who's going to come on the podcast, who's created, um, uh, I think I can talk about it now, uh, an, encrypted, an encrypted utility platform that'll it'll operate like an app. 
mm-hmm. where you can have video, podcasts, any of these things, and it is uh, end-to-end. So it's, it's user-to-user. There is no intermediary. It is completely decentralized, and it's uh, attached to, it's on the blockchain, attached to a Bitcoin wallet. Oh, wow. So it lives everywhere. As oh. long as there's an internet, it cannot be taken down. Wow. Even Signal can be taken down because it's centralized. Yeah. So I mean, all, all these protected <clears throat> apps aren't really protected, you know, like... Uh, yeah, they might not see it, but they could do away with it right. pretty, pretty fucking easily. Right. You know, just as, as fast as they did Parler or any of these other ones. Right. My, uh, one of my um, good friends from... Actually, I went through SEAL training with him, and I just saw him maybe a month ago. Uh, he lives out here in Austin. And... Uh, he started his own uh, VPN, and he was telling me that um, that he he went and briefed the NSA that they they could prove that eighty percent of ExpressVPN was going was being channeled through China, and that the the company in in, uh, in the Bahamas, where it's officially headquarters, is actually owned by the Chinese and like six layers removed, you know, corporate structure. And I so you know that was. Concerning, upsetting, right? But the more upsetting thing, my continued problem uh, with all of this is, I, as I said to him, how in the hell would I know that? How would anybody know? Like you know that because this is what you do, right? Like you know, this is all the guy does. Like he, like he is a cybersecurity man, and that's all he thinks about. That's all his, you know, uh, colleagues think about, and they're doing this all day, every day, just like. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you have a dozen black belts and <laughs> jujitsu rolling together every day for a year, and then they they know some really obvious things that some blue belt from out of you know, a totally different training school comes in and like they just get caught up and don't know this really basics and like it's so simple. Why wouldn't you know this? Um, well, because that's not what you do all day, every day. Like you're, you're not a black belt that rolls ten hours a day, and so you, you, somebody like me is never going to be able to keep up with this. But where's, where's the organizations trying to help us keep up with that, right? Because, like, I can't keep up with my own home security either. But that's what the police are for, and that's what neighbors are for, and you know, right? Like, there's, um, it, it's, it's way too complex, and I just feel like my biggest concern to him is like. Okay, so I get a new VPN, and then how do I know that one's not the same? And then I get a new app, and I text on that. How do I know NSA isn't reading that one, right? Because there's some circuitous route in the way they're getting it. And you basically have groups of people whose thoughts all day, every day, are manipulation and espionage, and they're going to try to trick you and find something out or take something from you. It's just like, you know, hackers and all that. It's like, that's what they're doing all day, every day. How do you protect yourself from it? I don't know. That's what that's the concerning bit to it, and then, and like you said, at some point you just have to surrender and go. All I can do is live my life and do, like live with integrity, make conscientious decisions, and just keep walking forward. See yeah. what happens, and if somebody <clears throat> pops out of a doorway and smacks me in the head with a two by four, like I'm going to get really hurt. That's, that's all there is to it. Axel Jim Duggan, <laughs> yeah, Axel <laughs> Jim Duggan. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Out of right. retirement. Oh! <laughs> with the American flag in his other hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've been grappling a lot with that, especially over the last 18 months, and especially having, um, 
you know, having any kids, but having, uh, you know, a newborn that came in like right smack dab in the middle of this, Yeah, you know, like it's, it's, it's very much a focus and very much something that I've, I've had to practice letting go of what's out of my control, um, just to stay sane, you know, mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of this is connected. I don't think any of the shit is happenstance. Um, I've read a lot that, that corroborates and connects the dots, whether it's true or not remains to be seen, but, Mm -hmm. and I would love for it to not be true. Right. I said that before, like I would love to fucking, to be on this podcast five years from now and be like, man, remember that time when I was talking all that nonsense and none of that ever turned out to be the case? I would fucking, I would love it. I would hang this up. If if, if there was some type of, you know, if social social justice (laughs) moved to the forefront, but I was wrong about this and they were like, hey man, you sh- you can't podcast anymore, right? You know, right. I'd be like, cool, fucking right. fair trade, fair, fair trade, deal, deal. I'll find something else to do with my time, um, but it it doesn't appear that way, and it doesn't appear that way. And, and the initial in- inclinations of, hey, that doesn't seem right. I, I, I remember when Tony Tony Robbins had uh, seven medical doctors on his podcast. Two were from Stanford, two from the Mayo Clinic. One was a senator of Minnesota, unanimously. They said the KN95 mask was not going to work for anything smaller than five microns. Right. Meaning every virus on the planet won't work for viruses. Great for bacteria, most bacteria, not good for viruses. That was, you know, in March or April last year. Yeah. You know, and, it's, and, and, then, and then you go through all this and then Fauci's talking about, hey, we're going to have to wear goggles or some type of face visor. And then you see his Two emails. Masks. Yeah. And you see his emails and then I'm on a plane I was going out to see Paul Check, and I'm on a plane to California, and everyone had fucking two masks on. They made me double my, not on the flight there from Texas, but on the same airline coming back on Alaska, Alaska I had a, um, a gator, and they mm. made me fold it to two. And I was like, like this is going to do fucking anything? Right. Sure, I want to get home. I'm not going to make a point here, but it's absurd. And that's just, that's just that is such the low-hanging bit of this. You know, um, mRNA being a new a new thing, it's brand new. It's not like other vaccines. That's right. that's it. Nanotechnology and all the shit that's coming that's like that that yeah. that is potential. That doesn't even need to be. It may be there. I know Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and a lot of people I value are talking about that. Um, and then guys like Del Bigtree, who I value, are saying I don't think the technology is there yet. It doesn't need to be there yet. This right. is still a brand new fucking thing that we have no idea what's going to happen. Right. And it is quite curious that the four leaders of country uh, that were opposed to mass vaccination are all dead now. Hmm. Haiti, we know, is an assassination. Three others, Tanzania and two others, had like heart attacks at fucking fifty and sixty-one and. Hmm. Young guys with heart attacks. Right. Right. So it, that's where I'm starting to say, like, this isn't, this isn't, <laughs> to, it, initially it was like, hey, I think we're kind of, you know, this, this doesn't make sense. And then mm, this really doesn't make sense. And then just like you said about contradiction, I was like, oh no, this makes perfect sense if it's not for our best interest. Right. If the people connected to this are, if, it, if it's in, in many ways verifying what David Icke and Alex Jones have been beating the drum about for fucking yeah. decades, that's scary. Um, when's, I, the, when's the last time you've ever been forced, coerced, and bribed to do anything that was good for you? The bribery too, right? right like fucking like, juice lands giving out free juices. Yeah. They're giving out donuts <laughs> they're and they're giving donuts. out marijuana joints. And like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. And at the... Uh, 
Somebody, somebody posted that, like a meme, like, uh, if they came out with a cure for cancer today, would you need a free fucking donut to go get it? Right. Absurd, right? But right. The, the, you know, my point if they talking came about- up, If they came up with a cure for obesity, would you need to be convinced? Like, I mean, you're not obese, but like anybody yeah. who's obese, if, if you're obese and you're 30, that's, a, that's bad for you, but there's no obvious immediate health threat to you. But if they said, hey, we got the cure for obesity- Every obese person would be there. No just, matter how from, young they were, yeah. no matter how healthy they were, they would all be in there. Just from an aesthetic standpoint, they'd right. say yes to that. Yeah. Um, well, and they know they feel like crap. They know they don't, they can't perform the way they want to. Like, I mean, it's more than just like the shame of how they look. I think a lot of it's the uh, despondency of just going, where's my life going? Like, what am I going to be even capable of? You know, like if, if, you, if you weigh 500 pounds, and you see a commercial for Tulum with zip lining and scuba diving and snorkeling and kite surfing. That's not for you, that, right? You can't do that. Yeah. And you, even if you're 25 years old, that's probably can't do that. If you if you weigh 400 pounds, like that's not you. Even to fly there, right? Yeah. Can you fit in a Can you yeah. fit in a plane? Right. Like there's there's a lot there's a lot to that. And at the end of the day, people want to have happy, meaningful, fulfilling lives, right? Where, uh, and we're essentially making that impossible because um, you can't have a meaningful and fulfilling life without the freedom to choose what you're doing with your life, right? Um, and you can't have freedom if you can't have privacy. And right now you have no privacy, who's listening to us right now? Like we're not even on the air, but like somebody could be listening to us right through our phones or through these computers or something. Uh, and that stuff's everywhere all the time. They're reading your emails. They're reading your texts. They're tracking your car. They're tracking your phone. You know, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's contact tracing on, on iPhones, like on, on their software updates. It's like if some, if they know that this guy got COVID and they know if you were around them, right? Like they have algorithms like doing all this stuff. So that means they know where you are at all times. And if you turn off and you leave your phone at home, the GPS on your, on your car tells them, you know, it's like, uh, it, you know, I, I, I don't see how you could possibly, anyone could ever possibly feel free when they think they're being, and they know they're being scrutinized at all times. Because when you're being scrutinized, you do things differently, right? If you're on national yeah. TV, you don't walk the same way you walk when you're in your house, right? Just because there's a consciousness that I'm being watched and like it changes the way I behave. Even if I go on television all the time and I feel comfortable, that it, like it, it's still going to change the way I behave. And all of this stuff is meant to change how we behave. Yeah. And that's... That's, I mean, literally, that's the definition of tyranny. Like, yeah. and we are living in a tyrannical society. Whether the government's beating down your door, or Facebook is censoring you, blocking you, they're taking your podcast down, and you know, taking away your uh, revenue stream. Uh, you know, if you're a, a YouTuber, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah. Well, you know the examples. I mean, the conservative, lots of conservative guys just get, they just demonetize their their YouTube channel and some of these guys are making a whole hell of a lot Even of money. Even Brent Weinstein, that's yeah. why he went on, you know, yeah. and he's, he's not conservative by yeah. all stretches of his own accord. And, and yeah, just I, for, I, I just really trends, mean right? conservative yeah. around these couple of issues, right? Like, yeah. like 
like I know plenty of people. Like my next door neighbor when I lived in Zoker is super leftist. He's a jazz musician, and like we debated politics all the time. And like it's fine. Like we, you know, we joked around. We like, had a good time. We, uh, nobody hates each other. But I mean, even you know, he he and most of his friends are they think about this stuff exactly like we do. So it's. I don't even know if it's conservatism as much as it's rationalism. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's just like, is this rational? This is not like what I, the things that, the two things I told you about the vaccine, that's not rational. There's, there's, and if it is rational, rationalize it for me. Tell, tell me, tell me the rational argument for this and let me look into that or, you know, give me enough data to where I believe you. That's not too much to ask if you're asking me to inject some sort of foreign substance into my body that I don't really know what it does, and neither do you. <laughs> you know, it, it's reasonable to let me ask a few questions and they feel entitled to getting some answers before you force me to do something. And make no mistake, they're going to force it. Yeah, no they're, doubt, no doubt. And, and there's, no, there's zero doubt about that. My, yeah. I think my point that I'm driving towards is that this, there is a push for a one-world government. Call that globalism technocracy, however you want to word that, um, there's a strong push for that. And it may already be in place. And we're just seeing this, the last unfoldings of this play out. Yeah, They do, for whatever reason, announce what's going to happen prior to it coming. I mean, the Rockefellers wrote about this 10 years ahead of time, mm-hmm. uh, a time when there would be a, a pandemic and they would need to limit the misinformation going around and conspiracy theories and people would, would give up part of their sovereignty to become safe mm-hmm. and uh, quarantines and, and uh, curfews and all this shit. It's all, it's all on paper. They're still doing things similar. Just as mm-hmm. there was an event 201 that took place prior to the pandemic, yeah. the World Economic Forum just did uh, an event 201 equivalent mm-hmm. for the next great thing, which is a cyber attack. And Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum has stated uh, in video, it's, again, they're not hiding any of this shit. It's hiding in plain sight that the cyber attack would be effectively, it would effectively make COVID-19 look like a walk in the park. Right. So I don't know if that is the grid going down or people losing all of their wealth, which is all electronic now anyways. Well, that's why we're moving to the, to the digital dollar, right? Yeah. And then they're, and not only that, they're going to pay off the deficit with our money with the digital dollar because they're going to say, well, your, your paper dollars only convert to 60 cents on the digital dollar because this is more valuable. So, And then that 40 cents goes in their pocket and they, they're going to steal half the wealth of the country. Um, I mean, and like you said, they, they announce it. They say they're going to do it and then they do it. And we've seen this over and over again. Did you see the Project Veritas thing where the, the girl uh, hooked up with some uh, producer on Tinder and filmed him? And, From and, CNN. Yeah, 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 and uh, and he said straight up, like our our uh, our primary objective as a newspaper the entire t- time Trump was there was to discredit Trump and to make sure he didn't get reelected and to wash him, you know, push him out early if we could, and that's what we did. And they talked a lot about that. Um, that I don't think that was too shocking to me, to most people, um, but. <laughs> he said, our next priority, the next thing that we're going to do, essentially, so the next thing we're going to lie about, the next thing, the next propaganda we're going to spread, is climate change. And he said it. And that was like, what, six months ago, nine months ago? And how much of that are you seeing now? Like, I'm like, don't, don't we remember? We, we, heard, we heard this was coming. Like, why, why are we falling for it? I, get, I, don't get, I don't get it. Like, 
is there so much information that nobody can keep up with it? And like, there's so many people from so many different angles um, trying to force control on you that you don't really know where the where the damage is coming from, you know? Yeah. Or where the threat's coming from. And so, uh, like, I, I, I don't know. It's like, there's so many things wrong right now. I could see, you know, there's so many disturbing things about where we're going and where we're at. I could see being a politician and being like, well, well, okay. <laughs> I, like I have, I have 10 hours of work today. Wait, 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 which, fired wait, away wait, which one am I going to get on? Right. Uh, um, and, and no predictability. Not, will that be the most impactful thing? Will that be popular? Will that be unpopular? Will that, uh, you know, extend your career, end your career? Like no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing because everything is, you know, Orwellian. And I could just keep redefining words and, rewriting history and it's just uh, I, I I don't know how anybody can look at it and say this isn't happening but they do like they do all the time oh this is just a bunch of hyperbole come on yeah, this is an extremely rare case like no it's not I've been going to these meetings around here about getting for the last four months about getting uh, CRT out of classrooms right they've People around here. What's CRT? The critical race theory. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which is just racism. They're just teaching racism. Um, and they've been fighting this for like over a year when I started going to these things six months ago. So I'm just now starting to hear about it in the news. And I was kind of surprised that it was in Texas, but you know, outside of Austin, you know, it's the yeah. most liberal city in, in Texas for sure. So uh, I. I, I mean, such disturbing, such disturbing stuff. I heard uh, this this woman. Um, actually, so the 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 most impactful story. Uh, so this this was more recent. Uh, this woman was uh, contacting the school and trying to say, "When's school going to start again?" Right, and this is uh, three or four months into the pandemic. When's school going to come? Or, or Asking questions, asking questions about the mask, asking questions about when school is going to reopen. Why isn't it reopening? Like I saw it, this and that. And the, whatever the governing body was, where I don't know if it was the, um, I don't know if it was the faculty or like the school board, but like whoever she was communicating with. After about six weeks, just quit communicating with her. And they wouldn't answer emails. They wouldn't answer calls. She would go to the school. They wouldn't see her. She'd go to their offices. They wouldn't see her. And she's not kind of crazy woman. She's a very sane, very normal woman who's a business owner, and uh, and she had uh, political chops. Her dad was had been like a mayor of a pretty decent sized city or something, and so she knew a little bit about this. And she's like, "Well, I'm going to run for the school board, and then I'll know the answers, right? Like I'm just going to get in the mix." So she raises. $150,000 to run for a local school board seat. Um, she gets death threats. Her house gets vandalized. Her kids get death threats. Her kids get bullied and picked on in school. Her husband gets death threats and nasty calls on him, nasty stuff about his wife and terrible things and all this other stuff. Um, she perseveres. She goes to the election. It's raining outside on election night. The school board is comprised of, I think, seven people. And on the side opposing her, 
the only people there were the seven people on the school board. Whoa. There were like 500 people outside. They usually get, they said, I want to say they usually get around 15 to 1,800 people vote for the school board because uh, it's just not a big thing. They had 18,000 people vote and she lost. Damn. By half a percentage point or something. And if she wants a recount or wants to investigate, she has to pay for it. You know, that's tyranny. Like, is it possible? Mm, yeah, but highly unlikely, especially since all she was all she was saying is like, we want to know what our kids are learning. That's it. Like we want to know what are what are you what are you teaching our kids and when are we when are we gonna go back to school? Like we just want answers. Parents need to know why why are we why are we not in school? When are we coming back to school? Like it's not uh, it's not like she's up there saying she's going to revamp the school system. Um, yeah. And, uh, she, she met with, uh, wasn't Black Lives Matter, but it's some like kind of subsidiary linked thing to that. Um, and she met with the, the woman, um, who she lost to, uh, before the election, she went to try to talk to her about some stuff, and she was she was uh, dubbed a, a white extremist and a racist, and uh, reported to the police uh, that this racist woman is coming around and threatening her. And all she's trying to do is like go in her office and talk. Like, so was she being irrational and emotional? Like I don't know, but um, she wasn't being racist. Like, <laughs> like I find it really hard to believe she's being racist. Uh, and if she were. That would have come out really quickly if it wasn't it, right? It's like, uh, um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, it. I, I feel like it's all part of the same, same game, though, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like, it it's doesn't matter what division it is. It's like it's there's. I don't even know if it's a side. Like, I don't know if you can. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's as simple as political division. Like, it, it's it's something else. Like, there's, well, it's in education. It's in finance. It's in. Yeah, but I just mean as far as like, so like if you go to the education, like education split, like CRT is the appropriate American history to be teaching. We've never taught American history correctly. And then there's other people going, no, we're doing pretty well. Like just, you know, teach our kids, you know, reading and writing. CRT flies in the face of Martin Luther King Jr. Right. Flies in the fucking face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is that, you know, these people are saying, well, we're going to, we're going to put CRT into math. We're going to put CRT into reading. We're going to put CRT into science. It's like, what, what the hell does science have to do with, with what? And so, but my point is, so there's a divide there. Is that just right and left? Is that just, I don't think so. Like, I think there's plenty of like pretty left Democrats who would be like, nah, just, you know, teach my kids like reading, writing, and arithmetic, right? Like, I, I don't need you to educate them about racism and all that stuff, especially like little kids, like little kids, <laughs> like who who knows a racist five-year-old or seven-year-old or eight, like, you know, you don't think about this stuff when you're a kid. Like, Not unless you've been taught to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so ed- education is an example of that, but finance is an example of that, right? And obviously politics is an example of that, but every industry, like Hollywood is is... Well, not really split. It's kind of like ninety to ten, right? Uh, you know, the entertainment industry is kind of the same way. But I don't know. I don't know if it's as simple as just saying, 
they're conservative. Like they want to, they want to conserve the country they grew up in, right? And and that's what I like. I I think if you use that idea, maybe maybe that's a political distinction um, that you could say. But I think you could have conservative ideals on a few things and still be quite liberal. And I I put myself in that category. It's like like most of the stuff they argue about in politics, I don't care. Like I really don't. Like I don't care about gay marriage. I like I'm not super opinionated about most things. There's a few things I care about. Like you know, I care about the ec- economics of the country. I care about the military and the world standing of the country. Like these are the these are the things that are gonna allow my kids to have a country to grow up in, right? Um, and I and I made this comment to my mother. Of course, like you know, I voted for Trump, and I'm a white man, and I'm I'm a doctor, and I was in the military, and I'm heterosexual, and and I I, I made this comment to my mom. I'm like, how is it that uh, I grew like I grew up with the patriotic ideals that the, the that the country had. Like I was, I was born into these ideals that I still have today, and those I, those same ideals now make me the enemy of the same country that I grew up in. You know, or at least a, lo- a loud a loud cohort of them. Um, and and I heard some commentator say he'd say it even better. He's like, um. The the ideals that your grandfather grandfather joined the military and fought World War II over, those same ideals today make you a Nazi extremist, <laughs> right? And it's true, right? You're like, uh, uh, so that, you know that's and the people that are calling you that are av- advocating you know barcodes on your fucking forearm, right? Which right. is right, right. What happened in Nazi Germany? Exactly. Yeah. They. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't care if it's a digital passport or reading my text or reading my emails or putting a chip in me. It's all the same thing to me. Right. It's all, it's all you saying that you know better than I do. And I'm subservient to your amazingness and you just tell me what to do and allow me to live in your country. I think it's my country too, man. Uh, but it's messy. It's messy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think the lessons from the plant medicines are definitely applicable now, aren't they? Like, this is the main time to just go, let me be really observant and let me just let go of my preconceived notions of what should happen. And, let me watch this unfold and you know see where my opportunities are to to get involved you know as um and uh i haven't seen it yet you know i'm just work i'm just working on not driving myself crazy yeah i think yeah. that's an important piece of it though yeah. it it really is because uh if we're operating in fear, that's when we're going to turn ourselves over to an authoritarian or a dictatorship and just be like, oh, you tell me what to do. Right. You know, save my life. Right. Make me safe again. Allow me to find peace. So us managing ourselves, whether it be through plant medicines, meditation, yoga, weightlifting, being in nature, any of the, all of them. All of right? those things. All of them. Yeah. If I'm handling that, at least I'm going to think clearly. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, that purview and awareness opens up, I can see greater opportunity to affect the whole. 
Right. And and be the change that I wish to see. Right. right. Like if you want to fucking take the shot, go for it. I'm not going to stop you from that. I have my personal views on it, and that's why I don't want it. Right. All I ask in return is that you don't force me and my family to take it. Right. You know. But if you if you see that as the best avenue for your health, by all means, you know. And it, it is silly though because it's you know we've in many ways given away our power from a very young age. Mm-hmm. To somebody that that arguably knows better than us, and in certain ways does right. Mm-hmm. Like in certain ways, you know far more about medicine than I do. Mm-hmm. Not in certain ways, plain and simple, you know yeah. far more about medicine than I do. But if we were taught health, if we weren't disconnected from our food supply, if our mm-hmm. food supply wasn't constantly fucked with with genetically modified food and and glyphosate, and the, and the list goes on and on. If we were eating organic from young age, if we were doing all these things, we wouldn't be starting off handicapped right. when it comes to dealing with nature. Right, we would be starting off in in the within the sacred hoop, and able to withstand anything that is thrown at us. Yeah, and, and by giving that away young, we're, we've we've already become accustomed to that in a certain sense. So it's it's kind of hard even to fault the people who blindly say, "Tell me whatever to do, I'm going to do it." You right. Know? I mean, that's a revolution I could get behind, right? Like when, <laughs> and maybe this is uh, this is maybe this is something we all plan when we're in the gulags together, you know? Like how like how we're gonna build back better afterwards? But, um, you know, uh, I I think that that speaks to my my opening or opening uh, dialogue <clears throat> about whether or not this is narcissism and ego driven or is, or do they or they really wanted to try to build a utopia what you're describing is trying to build a utopia right like you want everybody to be healthier right it's like i want everybody to there's no there's, there's no controversy that eating well and exercising and sleeping and meditating controlling your stress levels <clears throat> there's no controversy that those are healthy things right there's controversy over whether or not this vaccine is healthy like a healthy play right uh and if you uh, if you do take the vaccine, every time you hear anybody screaming at you about the vaccine, it's always about them, right? And and I'm like, I I don't. How does this happen? Like you you can take the vaccine if you want to, and if I don't take it, that's a, that's a me problem. If, you know, wh- why do you care? Right? You took the vaccine; it works. You believe it works. I'm not going to get you sick because you took the vaccine. Why do you care if I took it or not? Right? So it's about them. They're not trying to make me healthy. They're trying to protect themselves. You're not trying to protect yourself with that idea. You're like saying, "Hey, we, I, I want to be part of this, you know, fit, enlightened culture, so that we can all have better lives, and my kids can have a better lives, and we can all build a better country. We can all think clearly. We can all fight off diseases without." needing to rely on medicines or getting locked down in our houses or wearing masks, whatever, because we're taking care of our health and we're robustly healthy. And yeah, you don't want to be locked down in your house, but you also, you don't want the economy shut down. You don't want everybody else to be locked down in their house either, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't want I want anybody to be wearing a mask. I don't want anybody to, I don't want anybody to be unnecessarily afraid of this. Um, and so, I, I, again, I just think this is, um, it's completely... It's ego driven on the other side, and so that's why I'm I'm not as I'm not as sure uh, I'm not as sure as like how much are we dealing with narcissism versus political opinion, you know? Um, uh, <laughs> you know, they all they all kind of pack together and just 
you know, say and do whatever they want. Just, you know, there was that case when uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett was being evaluated for whatever the process is called for being on the Supreme Court, right? And um, she answered a question for that uh, that senator from Hawaii, Ho Ho No, or whatever the kind of Polynesian woman, uh, heavy set, and like dumb as a box of rocks. Like, but like, it's hard to say who's the dumbest, but she she is way way up. She's high up in the ranks, and uh, and she said uh, she asked Amy Coney Barrett a question, and she answered it, and. Uh, at some point in the question, I don't remember, it was about probably trans activism or homosexuality or some sort of LGBT, like who knows, something like that. And she said, and during the course of her answer, she, she said the phrase sexual preference. And then Hirano comes back to her and says, how dare you say that? The term sexual preference is degrading and belittling you're, you're making out to be a choice and this is you know this is who they are this is not a choice and and every like everyone <laughs> i think every sane person was going really like what, no no who knows that well uh the very next day wikipedia webster's dictionary like all these things online had changed their definitions to marry with this woman had had just said and attacked her with. So like, that's the organization that that we're up against. They have they have the microphone and they're the ones telling us we're wrong. And if we are right, they just redefine what wrong is and 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 now we're wrong because they all agree and they they have the microphones. Um, and <clears throat> we have these podcasts you know but how many are we reaching compared to mainstream media right and who knows anything about us and how many other people are spreading similar message or contradictory message like it's noisy and it's confusing and again i think it's just about um you know after i talked about selfishness it's it's time to be a little selfish and just focus on yourself a lot and try to keep your own center during this and try to keep yourself really healthy and try to get whatever life, uh, lessons and growth you can out of this. Um, and, uh, you know, hope they don't come to your door and take you away or for whatever. That's, that's, that is one thing that, that, uh, uh, it's funny cause you know, we've been more into the, the, the real science behind things like this and then sort of the psychology behind what, what the world is going through right now. But on a spiritual level, one thing that's been uh, kind of a nice little nest that I lay in at night is thinking that on a soul level, this might be like the fucking fast track mass trajectory, trajectory mm-hmm. of ultimate growth. Yeah. You know, like, can I surrender to this? Can I, can I let go of... I, when, <laughs> I, when, like, when I read the Gulag Archipelago, that was kind of my thought. It's like, yeah, I'll die in there. But like what will happen in that year to 18 months before I succumb to, you know, starvation <laughs> and whatever, like sleep deprivation, malnutrition, whatever they do. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't, I'm not too alarmist. I'm not saying the gulags are going to pop back up again, but that, that same concept, right? Like if I'm going to get destroyed, 
there's there's got to be a lesson in this for me, right? Like, what is the lesson? If I can try to focus on that lesson, maybe that's the solution. Maybe all of us try to focus on the lesson, and we just we get really granular with with ourselves, and you know, um, listen to listen to nature instead of listening to our own fears and our own concerns, and um, you know, the media or whichever side you're on. Maybe like maybe the solution is just all of us to become as centered and enlightened as we possibly can uh, for for whenever the opportunity comes up to do something different we're, we're we're as capable as we can possibly be to do it at that point yeah that'd be great yeah and that's and 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 that's so perfectly aligned with what I do for a living right so like i mean obviously my my big thing is sleep and that's the most powerful thing to making you healthy, obviously, like that's when you that's when you get healthy, right? That's when you're recuperating and repairing and all that stuff. Um, but just like you, know, my whole practice of sort of performance based medicine. I don't really work with sick sick people, right? I work with people who are fairly healthy but have some performance goals, and you know, and they they want to they want to stretch the limits of what they're capable of. So that so. That's actually really inspiring to me because I just realized, okay, well that's that's what I that's what I do. Like that's that's what I usually do. That's my usual behavior. So I'm glad I'm glad we talked about this because I I think that's going to be my approach now. It's just like work on myself, be as centered as I can be, stay open to the lessons out there, and don't don't let the, don't let the the fear and doomsday get in. Right. Like so, At the end, I mean, we both know we've had we've had our experiences. We yeah. both have crossed this threshold and understand, undeniably so, that we're not our bodies. Yeah, we are. We are our bodies right now in this form. But but that that is when when the body ends, that is not the end of us. And so, if I can lean on that, remembering and knowing with a capital K. Yeah. Then then you know all this falls into a, a an interesting dream. That that was. But I haven't gotten that as much from like ayahuasca and psilocybin, but five meo is like <laughs> I was so happy to die. Right? I was like so happy to just dissolve and be like, oh, like and just laughing at every concern I'd ever had. Going, what a moron! Like I remember uh, the second time I did five meo, I I called. Uh, the woman who's who'd facilitated it for me the first time, and I it had been probably a year or something since I'd done it, and uh, and and I and I wanted to do it because like I, I like I felt I mean you know the you know the experience it's such an amazing experience and it changed my perspective for so long and I just felt so good about it and then life had gotten busier and busier and I'd quit I'd quit going there as much like when when I did. Um, when I did five amino, and I don't know if maybe different people produce different amounts of DMT, like I don't know what it, what it is, but when I did five amino, I was listening to a certain soundtrack music, and for months afterwards, I could listen, I could lay in my bed and close my eyes and listen to that music, and I could get like ninety percent of my five amino experience. Again. They call that reactivations. Yeah. I was I wasn't familiar with it until this last round, which ended up yeah. being quite dark. But I think as above, so below. Yeah. What I'm dealing with in the external affected that, but, but right. continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, that's totally possible with that medicine. And and I just and I I just kind of lost that daily practice and wasn't doing it as much. Um, and, you know, and life had gotten busy and the businesses were spinning and, it, and I was lecturing a lot and. And I was like, oh, you know, I I did I just I just need like if if you can if we can find a way to link up in the next week because like after that I just have like I had like some I had 
it was ridiculous. I had something like uh, 10 lectures in different cities in 12 days or something. And uh, it wasn't quite that much because a couple of them were like major symposiums where I had like three or four lectures over three days and just all day talking to people. And, and, and I'm not, and I'm an introverted person. Like I've learned to be extroverted and I can behave that way, but it's exhausting to me. And I just knew I was going to be exhausted. I'm like, you know, and, and I thought, you know, I'm going to come out of this, like I'm going to meet up with her. We're going to do this. And I'm going to come out of this with some clarity on, so like how to manage my focus during this and what's going to make me the most efficient and successful. And like, I had all these linear thoughts about how this is going to work out. And of course, within five seconds, I'm crying, laughing at how fucking ridiculous I'm being. <laughs> Just like, what are you wound up about? Are you kidding me? You're sm- like, you know, you know better than this. What the hell are you doing? And then, and, and so it had the attendant effect, but it didn't do anything I thought it was going to do. Like uh-huh. I, I just came out of it going. I am an idiot, yeah. oh, and, yeah. I, and I know I'm an idiot. So what do I have to worry about looking like an idiot? Like I, like I, like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to admit that. Like yeah, I'm, I'm a moron. And uh, what else? Like what else <laughs> you want to know? Like I, yeah, and uh, and and that was uh, that 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 was my my second experience with that. And then um, the the third time I did it was. Man, I, I don't even know if you should get in. I could go on forever about this, but I, I, I did it with a really, really close friend from the SEAL teams, like really close. Um, and it was after he'd done some other treatment, and I was, I was part of that support group. Um, but we're not doing it, but then we both did that at the end. And I could, I was going through his experience with him while he was doing it. And then when I did it, I had these, uh, we we had done some traveling uh, together when we were younger. We'd been in lots of different places doing different things, and and there were like like rock climbing, for example. There was a time when we were uh, uh, we were at Joshua Tree or, or rock climbing, and he was like far away as that other building. He was climbing something, and I'm climbing. We're not really rock climbing. We're just like kind of bouldering. Like when you know we're you're young, we didn't know we didn't ha- we didn't have any technical skills. Um. But we went on like this for hours. Like he's over here climbing that, and I'd say, "Oh, that looks cool," and I'd go there and climb that, and he'd be over here doing it. And we just, in some, you know, a few times we were together, but most of the, most of the day I could see him, but we weren't we weren't doing the same thing. And so when I uh, when I did my five m five meo, I could see him, and then I would be him watching me, and it was just as it was equally as vivid. It was just as realistic. And you know, like when you see a picture of yourself, or at least I, me, you know, I was like, when I see a picture of myself, I'm like, oh, that's, oh, that's what I look like, <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I didn't think that's what I look like, but, um, but, and that was my experience. Like, it was that kind of detail. So I was looking back and going, oh, well, like, <laughs> that looks kind of stupid that I was doing that that way. Like, and that was something I would have no visual experience of, right? So how how was I doing that? You know, and this, it, 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 yeah, I mean, you know, it seems like you're an hour, but whatever, minutes, but it just uh, leapfrogged so quickly and kind of like our whole lives together. And we just did that. And I just kept interchanging with him. And then, uh, and, and I did it first and I didn't tell him what I saw. And then when he did it, he had a very similar experience. Like he was, he was seeing me in places where I wasn't. Like when he got, when, like when he was in combat places, like he was seeing me there with him doing it and I wasn't there. 
Um, and maybe that's just the power of us being together, but I don't know. It seems... It, it it seems to profoundly suggest <laughs> uh, that there's way more to us than our body, right? Uh, how how do you how do you see and experience something you've never seen and experienced? That's as if, real. If, if or it's your if it yeah life. if it's yeah. your body if your body is you then how, then how is that possible? That's not possible. And we were and we were both doing it. So. Maybe that's a secret. We just got to do five of me out every week. <laughs> Burn our brains out. <laughs> go go low. Go light and low to start. That's my recommendation on that one. Um, and maybe maybe give a little space if you've had a combo beforehand because you're quite cleaned out. Well, we we I got to run. I'm taking Bear to Schlitterbahn. Yeah, but man. Where can people find you now that you're off Twitter? <laughs> where can people get their hands on your awesome sleep formula? Uh, so Doc, as in Dr. D-O-C, last name Parsley, like the herb, P-A-R-S-L-E-Y, docparsley.com. Uh, that's my website. It's being redesigned right now. It's a little it's a little aged, but there's a lot of information on that. It's downloadable PDFs to help people with stress and sleep. You can download my ebook on there. I think you can even download my Amazon book on there now for free. I think we're giving that away. Um, and then, we, of course, we have the sleep remedy. We we have the capsules. We have the tea. And then we we came up with a kids formulation. I don't even know if you know about that. Uh, we did that about a year and a half ago. Um, and that's called Sleep Remedy. Sleepremedy.com will actually take you to the same place, but you can get to that off my website. So whichever way you want to go. Cool. We'll and then and then on that, my uh, whatever social media I have left is like linkable on the site. Like you can click on it, and like I I'm more on with all that stuff. So I don't know, like what my different handles are because I some of them I created, some of them my employees created and I can't keep track of it. So just if you want to follow me on Instagram or LinkedIn or not Twitter or I think I'm on Facebook too. So I don't know. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Well, I love you, brother. Thanks for yeah, coming back. I love on. you, man. It's great to have a chance to, yeah, to sit with you. Great to see you. I need, uh, I need calm people in my life like this, you know. Uh, most of the people I know are panicking one one direction or the other, you know, and it's, it's easy to buy into the hysteria, you know, especially if you listen to too many political podcasts or something. You know? uh, yeah, so it's great, great connecting and talking to you. Absolutely, brother. COVID nineteen eighty four. I just caught. I just got your you shirt. Just right now. I just you noticed that. that. You didn't see that when we first started. I did oh, not. Man. Yeah, yeah. I've been loving these shirts. I'm, I'm dumb, but I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs>